and there's still time. Welcome to episode 34 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. We actually recorded this podcast on the evening of Saturday, January the 11th. After doing our roundtable about the end of season review part 2, we wanted to cover some of the more up-to-date topics that have happened in Whitecaps land. The appointment of the new technical team for Carl Robinson, the upcoming MLS Super Draft, and of course the never-ending Camilo Saga. When we recorded the podcast, we knew there was a risk that this situation would move a little bit quicker than when we actually put the podcast out. And that now seems to be the case, with it looking like Camilo is definitely off to Mexico, and all the rumours are pointing towards the Whitecaps getting a seven-figure fee. The deal should also be concluded Tuesday or Wednesday this week, with the Querétaro president coming out and saying he expects everything to be done and dusted by Wednesday. Of course, we still don't know what that seven-figure fee is going to be. Is it going to be in American dollars? Is it going to be in Canadian dollars? Is it going to be in pesos? Or is it not even money at all? Maybe it's just some boxed Star Wars figures from the 70s. I'm not sure I could put my trust in the front office not to open that and spoil the value by playing with them. There's a lot of talk as to what the value could be. Low-ball figures in the million. People are looking for three, three and a half million. Whatever it is, it's not really going to be what the Whitecaps could probably have got elsewhere. And who knows if that's going to be the end of it. I I think there's still going to be a lot of angry people out there. And it certainly has set a precedence for Major League Soccer and we'll see what happens. With all this in mind, we decided to leave the podcast unedited. And the Oller Camillo talk is going to be included the way that we did it before we knew that the move was definitely signed, sealed and delivered. So without any further ado, let's take you to our round table with myself, Michael McCall, Steve Pander, Stephen Lamotte and Zachary Meisenheimer. It's a very heated debate, one of the best round tables I think we've done for a while, so enjoy. So I guess we kind of have to start off by talking about Camilo. Well, last, last year's man, not going to be this year's man by the looks of it. Well, he, something happened to him? So the, the whole Camilla situation has, has dominated this week's Whitecaps news, really. It's just, it's been farcical. I mean, the week starts off where he's down in Mexico, undergoing physicals, appearing in the, in the club strip. All the photos go up on the website, and they're taken down, and the Whitecaps are saying he's still their property. And the week ends with him being paraded at the Querétaro game on Friday night. Picture up on the scoreboard, still has the number seven shirt. Although I really wasn't sure whether it was the number seven shirt or seven was the number of months he's going to actually be banned for when all this shakes out. 
So, I mean, what's your guy's take on the whole thing, Stephen? Well, I don't think he's going to be banned. I think uh, he's going to be, everything's going to be fine. I think what'll happen is they'll probably throw, I don't know, a pittance at us to say, go away, leave us alone, we're signing them, and then we'll move on, and MLS and everyone will try their best to pretend nothing ever happened until the CBA gets renewed when the union brings it up and uses it as some sort of tool to get a better uh, deal and get rid of the options. Do you see there, though, as being any way that the Whitecaps can take any money from this and not lose face unless they do it as an undisclosed sum? So they're getting yeah. really vague as they, to exactly how yeah, That's what I see, yeah. Undisclosed sum, that's what it'll be. And then maybe MLS, will they'll swing some deal and say, look, it, you know, you sign someone, you know, we'll throw some extra allocation money at Exactly. I think, like that, that. I think there'll be some kind of something worked out. Yeah. Like I mentioned there could be a league DP or something like yeah. that or... Well, I, I, I guarantee you MLS, because <laughs> this is an MLS issue too. I we wrote about that. We talked about that before. MLS should Josie Altador. MLS should have been Not involved. There you yeah. go. MLS should have been involved in this from the very beginning when this yeah. all started out. They should have been putting in phone they calls. They seem to have passed no, the buck. No, they seem to be defending because they own the contract. They're passing, yeah, they're passing the buck though because this is not really an international contract, right? But they, so own, they don't they want own a everyone's contract. They own everybody's contract, it's, right? It's but they don't want a decision cards. on it. But this whole thing could fall down around them. You would think that they are. Yeah, I, I get that they don't want a decision, but it has to come to a head. Yeah, and the thing is, if you don't, if it doesn't come to a decision, then everybody's gonna be leaving anyways. Anybody no, in their no, option here. So it's everybody, twenty years. This has been going on, though. Listen, any, 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 all these players that have their options picked up, if they don't come to it to figure out if it's legal or not legal, they will leave every time like Camila left this okay, time. Okay, so but then let's use like pick someone who's gone recently. So let's say Brad Knighton. Brad Knighton comes up to his option year. What's he gonna do? He's got, you know, he's going to take the option. Well, what's he going to do? Go to, like, play yeah, third well, we division Thailand? No, like, nobody cares about the, the, exactly. the players. But I'm talking exactly. about the top players who have option and they have a big season. You, like, you really want them to do for nothing? Real Coker is going to be watching this and yeah. seeing if he's got a chance to wriggle out of the, yeah. the, the contract that the Caps have renewed, which, although it's not been officially announced that he's signed, Bobby did say on the radio last week, I think it was, because it's all blurring at one now that they have picked up his option, but they haven't negotiated a deal. I th- oh, I think they've negotiated a deal. We just, they're just not talking about it. Well, I mean, we, we revealed last year that we'd been told or we'd heard on the agent's grapevine that he was getting 400000 but it makes you then wonder why is this not been announced? Why are they still saying that it's still all up in the air? Well, there might be something that they can renegotiate based on certain things, right? I mean, it's different to have uh, to have a, an option that's sitting there unsigned versus a clause in the contract saying that, you know, this is a two-year contract and we'll work out the figures after, right? That's a total different scenario. I don't know for sure, but... Now, Zach, you're, you've been quiet so far. What's your take on, on Camille? Okay, I think <clears throat> there's a bunch of things about this that are really frustrating. One is I think, I think that this is about man- managing players managing people people and yeah. i think we've done a really poor job at this and i think when you sit down and you listen to people tell their stories both who are currently with the club and have previously been with the club they don't the stories they tell don't paint a very positive picture of our club and how they deal with players i'm not saying we don't deal with anyone well i'm not saying that there aren't great stories but the 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 negative stories uh 
the volume of the negative stories is a lot louder and a lot more damaging. And so I think this is another case where they did not handle this well. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that excuses necessarily what, you know, what, what has transpired or what was done or how it was done or the order it was done in or whatever. I'm just saying I think this starts with a culture that's not healthy and a culture that leads to uh, unfortunate situations like this. Yeah, um, I was talking earlier today with, with John Humphreys about this. And I said, you, you look at, within MLS, look at a club like Real Salt Lake. Okay, obviously there's other things there, like a clear vision, a clear style of play, all these kinds of things. When they come to a time where they say, they, they just sat down and they said, Fabian Espindola, they said, Jaime, Jaime Olave, Will Johnson, we love you guys. We appreciate all you've given to our club. We're not going to be able to move forward with your salaries because we need to give you a raise. You're worth a raise, but we can't do it all and carry on and bring through the young players and do all this stuff. We need to move you on. And I don't know for sure about Jameson uh, Olave or Fabino Spindola. I think it's the same. But with Will Johnson, they said, where do you want to go? We want to we wanna help you get to where you're going to go next. I'm not saying you can always do that as a football club, but that's a shining example of how you yeah. deal with people as people. And so Will Johnson had lots of offers, including from Vancouver, and he said, I really want to go and experience what's going on in Portland. And they said, okay, let's see if we can make that happen for you. Yeah. So we, we have... Well, that, well, he, didn't come, he didn't come to Vancouver because he's not Canadian. That's why. He's American. <laughs> but like, that's actually such a good attitude for a club to have because they sold him to a rival. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, that's the thing. Like The Caps tend to ship players off to Eastern teams like Toronto, DC, United. So, I mean, to hear that, that makes me think even higher of Salt Lake. And I think they're a, they're a great club anyway. And the, and the players talk about these things, right? It's totally. not like they're not friends. Totally. They all know, yeah. right? And so, and you know, you bring up a good point because I was thinking about this the other day and trying to remember the last time a player left here and said a glowing report. Like, you know, it happens all the time in sports. Somebody's mm-hmm. leaving, they're moving on. I like to thank so-and-so, blah, blah, blah for my time here. Very and I can't point. think of the last time someone did that here, yeah. ever. That's because we, we as a club don't know how to end... Relationships, well. yeah. relationships, well, whether it's on the on the playing side of things or not, yeah. or the, in the front in the front office, that which is I think among coaches, well, well done. yeah, even yeah. Uh, like Richard or you know not. Well, R- Richard, Richard is a part of it. Never not heard not. somebody Richard, say uh, that's all a bigger part of the the negative things that are going on within our club. Like to be honest, like that that's that Richard is part of that story. Well, he he wouldn't say that, but that, that the truth is. I'm, well, let's let's get back to Camilo. So okay, so Camilo, uh, let me just say sorry. I didn't finish, Steve. I, I'd love to and hate to interrupt you, but Can I, I, cut I love and hate to interrupt you. <laughs> so Caitlin's gonna be mad at me now because I cut you off. But one 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 other thing that you guys were talking about is that I I agree. I uh, the MLS the MLS might seem like they're doing nothing about this. But there's no way they're doing nothing about this. Yeah. There's no way that there's... They, I agree, I think it was maybe you might have said, that they are talking to Vancouver and they're saying, oh, yeah. sort this, this mess out. Absolutely. Because like you said, I, I've used the same analogy, this, the house of cards is going to come crashing yeah. down if this doesn't, doesn't go through. So I think they said to Vancouver, we don't care what you get, you need to get something. And if that, if that does happen, no one will ever know what the amounts were yeah. or whatever the deal was. But that's what, and so I think what has happened, if you if you follow the, the 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 tweets coming out of the Mexican reporters, bloggers, whatever, the the club has gone to the, the to the club in Mexico and said, 
hey, uh, yeah, you need to give us some money. This needs to get done or whatever. Yeah. And they said, well, well, what were you thinking? And Vancouver said, well, we were thinking this. And they've said, yeah, no, we, he, he's on a free. No, yeah. we're not going to give you that. And so that, I think that's where the tension is right now. I, I'm not saying that's the truth. I'm, that's the, the perception I have of what's going on. MLS is like, get it done. The, the perception I'm getting now is like, initially at the start of the week, Kerataro, they backed down, they took the photos down off the website. Say that again. What's the club? Kerataro. <laughs> Jorge Mendoza will tell you if you got it wrong. I don't know. All I know is I've been following the tweets of Patty Fernandez, mainly because she's really cute and I like my Mexican girls. But and she broke the way back with Tigres, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, she, she seems to be really in, in the know, but the, the club's now playing hardball and the fact that they paraded them on, or paraded Camilo on Friday at the game, it's as if the agent, the player, the club are doing everything possible to make it impossible that the White Caps could ever take him back. It's like the yeah. bridges are so burned now. Yeah, and so you look at a person, you know, somebody who's going through this in a contract and how they're standing up for him in that situation and how do you think, like, Camilo's loyalties are swaying in that sense, right? So here's a club who's willing to go, okay, we're in this situation, we're going to stand up for this, we're going to you know, take this stand for our player, right? Who's apparently not the, hit their player even, right? So, I mean, that, that's a big statement, right? Right off the get-go. Something we can learn from, which is what, ultimately, what I hope out of this whole scenario is our club learns something from this, right? It's, it's hard to learn. I mean, Well, how it, can you not after Well, the big, the big learning thing is negotiate the contract as soon as you can. Yeah. And I know there was a, a difficulty with that because they didn't have a head coach. But they did have a head coach in place before Christmas. And I know what, that what head coach wasn't going to take Camilo back. Yeah, exactly. You say, and we're going to renegotiate the money. It's Greg Anderson Don't worry about the money. It. Yeah. You know, right. you, can, you don't have to say money. What do you guys figures. think? Do you think this came down to Camilo, uh, them for some reason re signing Kenny Miller for a six month contract? They didn't have the. They didn't want to spend two DP slots or something like that? Or Yeah. And I, it's like, I, I, what I, use is the committee? If it's not for the manager to say, I want this player, you sort his contract out. And that's how it works at football clubs around the world. The manager tells them who they want, and then the bean crunchers do their stuff yeah. when they sort the contract. And they said they never even broached the subject, right? So yeah. it's like, you know, you have to say, on that exit interview, you have to say, listen, we know you're on an option, we know this is... We, we love you, man. You know, you're the face of the franchise. You know, we want to get you on billboards, all this sorts of stuff, right? You got to pump, what's the saying? Pump his tires. That's a, yeah, yeah. W- w- which I don't think they did because that's, that's not how they operate. And, yeah. and I, think, I think it's come out now. Like, and, and Camille talking to Mexican press has said, I, didn't, I haven't really felt the love from the league, from my club, yeah. from, from yeah. whatever. And I think Camilo is operating under... I think that he's operating, yeah, like that I am a, I am a free agent because my, I don't think he went in, he signed the contract and said, in two years I'm going to screw them, I'm going to leave, no, whatever. Of course. I think it came down to the, op- the, the agent said, hey, they take off your option, it, it, it gets you an X percent increase. I've done some research and uh, there's some cases where this has been, been shown to be invalid because they're not really offering you something that's fair as a player. Yeah. So I think we, I think basically you're, in our opinion, you're free. Let's go. Let's go do this thing. And so I think Camille as a person, I don't as you know, some people want to paint him in a, in a terrible light, and yeah. I understand that. I think he said, "Yeah, okay, I, I hear what you're saying. I think I'm a free agent as well. I don't like how I've been treated. I haven't been shown the love. I haven't been shown enough respect. 
Yeah, I, I agree I'm a free agent. Let's go let's go see what we can do. No, but he if he's been told by the coach yeah. that he's not under contract. Three or four. Oh, that happened after. That happened yeah. way after. <coughs> no, 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 no. no. It happened before he signed the contract and imposed the jersey. That happened well yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Carl said he spoke to him before Christmas and he spoke to him after Christmas and he spoke to him. And he spoke to them the like right after his appointment. So this, yeah. this start December 6th though, right? That's the first time we know that there was interaction with talking contract with another club, right? Yeah. So and this is not. Like, I, I think I think Camilo just they, they they said that to him and he's like I think he's just like no that's not it's true. Too late. I'm not sure he said that. Yeah. I'm not sure he would have said that to to Robbo. Well, whatever. they sure took down the, the the club believed it as soon as they saw the contract. The, the I think the the Mexican club took things down because they, as a precautionary measure. I don't yeah. think they would be doing all these other things after yeah. if yeah. they. And you're talking about a club with a new owner, like throwing some money out there, bought a new club to stay up there, right? You're talking about a club that's yeah. got some ambition now to to do something right versus a, a storied club you know that the average probably north american soccer fan knows tigress yeah. the rest of us can't even say this other club you know so i mean there's, or, yeah but most of us don't know this club at all so they've got some ambition so they're trying to make a splash as well right so why not do it in a fashion like this right is there any sympathy around the table anymore for Camilo? Do you think he's an innocent party at all? The, nope. the Caps have been really Zero. trying to point or paint it that he's been getting bad representation. But the way I see it, Camilo's been told directly, as Steve said, from Carl Robinson, from the club and from MLS, that he cannot do this. The fact that he mm. is still doing it and still appearing in things, to me, he's he cannot be blameless in any way at my, all. My essential turnaround. Well, my, 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 my essential turnaround on him I, 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 during the whole process, I was okay. Maybe he could come back. Maybe he'd come back or something like that. When I found out that he's been directly told that he's under contract, that's when the whole turnaround for me happened. Me as well. And I know you've been. What is you've he been blamed up for? Him. What? What are we saying he's being blamed for? For, for leaving? Well, well no, I, I would say... For I, leaving a team he was under contract with. I blame him for kicking the white caps in the teeth and for going against... I understand that the guy has to make more money. I understand he's worth more money. And at the start of all this, I had no problem actually with him leaving if he got a better deal somewhere else because I thought, good for him, you deserve it. If the caps won't pay it, you should go. But the way that he's done this and the way that he's like basically just blatantly disregarding anything that the Caps are telling him. That's where I lose any sympathy for him at all and I blame him for this. But it's he knows si what he's doing. Like. So this is, so here's like the situation, right? So, you know, you get married, you sign a contract, your wife cheats on you. After she cheats on you, you say, I'm sorry, baby, I love you. It's too late, right? There's already that, that process has already happened. So That's once this is going on, to bury her so, under. <laughs> now you've got a situation where Camilo has already moved on, and it's a dispute. So they can say he's under contract all he wants, but in, he's not. In his mind, in his agent's mind, in this other club's mind, legally he's he not. is under contract. No, legally but he's in, not. In my mind, he's was, not at all. Why isn't a team option? Okay, what happens contract? in the NHL when a player goes to Sweden? 
the or uh, Russia. No, it's hockey. What oh, happens in the NBA when a player goes to China? There, there's no international. No, but isn't there the international right. certificate where there's international the certificate between? So you don't have to transfer not over. between leagues, between the federations, right, or between the yeah. So they don't have to transfer to Mexico if the if, well, if well then you're talking the about CSA, right? Yeah, but that's that's a, that's part of the, the CSA was part of it. They're the, they also so this is where information. This is the where the legal team. battle comes. Yeah, though, right? it is so that's so it's a legal battle. There's no he's under legal. Contract. He's not allowed to play That's for the Mexican side. He's not allowed to play for the Mexican side until the federation gets the certificate. That's and the same as anyone. For months. That's the same as anyone. Bale wasn't able to play to, with Real Madrid until he got. Yeah, the, yeah and yeah. that was Casey. Yeah, so, so the exactly CSA is not going to transfer it over. Until oh yes, they will. Yes, they will. Why would they? The CSA will do whatever. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So I I, I, I think that he I, I believe that he is acting under the, and then under the, let me just get this yeah. one in first. So look at like Eric, right? Eric mm-hmm. gets traded to TFC. So you want to talk about difference between North America and the world? What did Eric think when he got traded to TFC? He's like, what do you mean I got traded? What does that mean, right? Well, what does that mean? We well, should have right? looked into that before he joined the league. <laughs> Or the league should look at what the rest of the world is doing and go, oh, this is how or, or the, we need yeah, to tie. Or, or the club yeah. you're going to should help explain things exactly. better. Like, no trade clauses are what that means in here because here you, the player has no say, but you can get a no trade clause put yeah. in. And Eric tried to have that put in after he discovered that you could do that, and they said no because they had every intention of moving him. But that's another story that's from the league. Yeah. I, mean, I, I do think the minimum salary in MLS is ridiculous, and that's, again, something for another day. And also, like, the whole thing that you can get traded to a club without you having any say in it yeah. at all, that's just ridiculous. It's like having slaves. And the, but it's what we're used to in North America, But the, right? when players come here, they, they're flabbergasted by yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was flabbergasted when I moved over and I found out that's how things worked. And it's, it's still, I just can't believe it. Someone, someone, someone has told me that, basically, Camilo and his people are acting this way because they... They feel that this is legit. They wouldn't be doing this and taking what some perceive as these risks without feeling that they are they have firm foundation. Oh, I, I agree with that. Oh, yeah. I don't but think sure. they. I think the Mexican club but as they, well were essentially totally you, confident you, that they're going to get. You, the essentially, they one. used the the Whitecaps to get those two option years. Knowing that they were going to leave in the first place, I do not know because they, I, I they, they, that was that. their safety net. No. That was their safety net to, no. just in case he didn't play well. Then they would have if he if he scored ten goals or eight goals this year, they would have said, "Oh yes, we'll take uh, your team option. Thank you very much." Steve, I think it's disingenuous to say oh, that two on. years ago when they signed that contract. I'm not saying two years ago, but they had that safety net where if he played poorly, they still. No, but you're there. you're saying was their the intent? But that's fair for a club to have that as well. But then the whole option thing is where it goes wrong. No, oh, no yeah, one should sure. have the option. Options. It's but if it's signed yeah, exactly. initially knowing that there's a team yeah. option. If, you've if you sign that, a contract, you should know you're giving the team also the option. Also knowing there's precedence that this team option means very little in the international but world. I don't get it. If you don't sign the contract that says you're giving the team the option to renew your contract. That's very simple. It's 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 not it's not an apples and oranges thing. It's just, a, it's just you don't. Sign the contract that gives it's the team still, the option. If you're it's not, not looking, you're putting your. If you want to say it's slavery, you're putting yourself in slavery. Then, don't yeah, sign sure, a contract you're not happy time. with. It's very simple. If there's a team option, sign it. If you're happy with, if you're happy with the salaries afterwards, if you're not happy with it, don't sign it. Steve, but Steve, do you understand that what they're saying is not that 
And again, I don't think what what I hear you saying is that they had kind of this plan or intent from the beginning, which I, I no, think I don't think they had intent, but I think so that what they, they used the options as a safety net. In no, order they to didn't get, use the options. as They a safety used the net. opportunity of the option to look for a better option. Is Be, what because they did. Steve, that's Steve. not how it works. That's not how team options work. No, Steve, that's not you guys are looking at you guys are looking at an international thing. We're looking at a league. He's not, under it, different he's not rules. in MLS. Can if he was going, if he was going under different rules, if he was. FIFA if he has allowed, a trade with New England, I would be pissed. FIFA I would has, be outraged. FIFA has allowed FIFA has allowed MLS to play under different rules. Is that true? That's true, right? They have allowed, they allowed the MLS to, to own all contracts. the contracts. True. They've allowed trades to be happen without uh, within the league with outside international transfer windows. Right. So they've also allowed team options. So what no, is the big thing? Oh, no, they, they have at the moment because no one's ever challenged yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. 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 And who says it's not going to be... Because ch- uh, somebody signed a contract saying, okay, in two years, the team has the option to sign me again for this contract. Yes, I Steve, don't get it. But look at the... But you, I, I, you I, have, I think we should ra- go move on from this because <laughs> you're not going to change my mind. I'm not trying to change your mind. But listen, you, when you look, at the, you look at the precedent-setting cases, FIFA has said... Team options are only valid when they offer what's fair to a player. And so you read the Ben Massey article, right? No, I don't read Ben Massey stuff. Okay, well, <laughs> too long, and he's got too many clip notes. There was no footnotes in there. Footnotes, footnotes. Oh, there's plenty of footnotes. Well, you sh- you should read you should read the article because it's it's pretty it's pretty well researched. It's it's it, I, if if somebody puts a team uh, uh, forces somebody to, to go on a contract, then I can understand that's illegal. If somebody signs a contract two years ago saying, I'll yeah. sign a contract for two years, and do you want, hey, we want to put a couple of team options, so if, we, if you, we like you, we keep you on for a couple more years, they say, no, no, I want to be done after two years, or we'll make those guarantees. Yes. So and, he was coming, and, he, and, he was, and he was coming off a big season, so he could have said that. He could have easily said, give, I, want to, I, want to, I want those four years guaranteed, or give me two years guaranteed. Players have that option. They don't have to sign four years. No, okay, no. One thing is that MLS and the club, our club, anyways, I think hides behind the fact that with our players says, hey, all MLS contracts are four years. And who says MLS contracts are four years? Virtually all MLS contracts are four years. I've been told that multiple, yeah, multiple I, times. And so I, I think they tell the players and their agents and say, this is how it works, and you have, and you have, and not you absolutely have to do, but this is how we Joe do Joe Kennedy signed for a two-year, four-year contract. Barry Robson was in four years because no. he let it slip for yeah. one of his, his first... Kenny Miller Kenny Miller only signed for three and a half or two no, and a half think, or whatever No, I think there are options. So there, he was definitely not been here for four years. But I think there are options. Anyways, Steve, here's the thing. Options. Here's, here's the thing, Steve. Here's the thing. You know, well, change my mind. I'm not... My listen, 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 Steve. Okay. No, no, hang on. Hang on. One second. One second. One second. We'll wrap up. Steve, people have had club options in the past. Steve, right? They've signed a contract with club options. Yeah. And when it has come time for those options or they've been taken, they have felt, hey, this is unfair. And they've gone to FIFA and said, hey, we feel this is unfair. Can you give us perspective on this? And FIFA has said, you know what? This is unfair and you can get out of this. So that's all Camilo and his people are saying. We think this based on what other people have done before. Yeah. But did they go to FIFA? There has to be a mutual risk. Did they go to FIFA or did they go to a Mexican club and just sign the contract? So, they, well, the precedence is set. It's the, the, the right? same with the other guys. The other guys didn't go to FIFA either. Actually, first they went to other clubs first, and FIFA, and the same thing happened well, in other the situations. Case. There has to be mutual risk to a contract. There has to be mutual risk. That's the whole point of it, right? There, there's precedent for there's mutual risk. Steve, what's the risk for the Whitecaps? They would have signed him for a team option, and he would have stunk this year. 
No, I mean, at this point, the two years is up. In the previous two years, what was their risk coming into this? One if thing Camilo I will... got a, injured on the Portland game instead of scoring a hat-trick, he gets injured and he's... Well, injured, he's going to get insurance. Say he just sucked this year. They Would they have picked up the two years? No, no, no they wouldn't have. Because, they wouldn't have. Because there's no risk for them. But that's the way he signed the contract four years so ago. So he's got all the risk. But he signed the contract four years ago, didn't he? He signed a contract that expired on December 3rd. Did the, dues, did the dues have a gun to his head saying you have to sign this but contract? But the contract he signed expired. Let's not stop. So let's not start these rumours. But start I do agree. Line. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. That was episode 33 <laughs> of uh, Snowton. Right. Let's quickly. We've talked enough about Camilo. I'm sick of writing about him oh, this week. And it's like Steve's written about him. Jay's written about him. So let's quickly wrap this up. Let's pretend we're playing 30 seconds from Mars. You've got 30 seconds to answer these two questions. Oh, my goodness. Would you take him back, or do you see that if there's any way that he can come back to Vancouver, and how do you see this getting resolved? Stephen? No, he's not coming back, and it's going to get resolved by a Mexican club giving a couple hundred thousand or a hundred thousand, and MLS giving uh, some sort of allocation money or some something. Hopefully Josie Altidore, but uh, that's just me starting a rumor. Steve. I 100% agree with Slamo on Arrow's comments, so I'll save my 30 seconds and give it to the rest of Zach. I, I think that if it doesn't go the way Steve is suggesting in terms of a settlement, quiet, no one ever knows about it, then it'll get ugly and oh, long yeah. and crazy messy because there's so much at stake for MLS in this. And I think that some of these people are willing to go to the wall on both sides. Do I think he'd be welcome back in Vancouver? I don't think there's a way for him back in Vancouver. As much as I love um, reconciliation and restoration in life, and I think that's a, an amazing and important part of life, I think it would be extremely difficult for that to happen in this case. Yeah, I, I agree with Zach on most of that, but I do think he would be welcome back here. I think there's a huge section of the fan base that if he turns out on March, first game against New York, they're going to forget everything. As soon as he gets his first goal, they'll forget everything. So there is that chance that if he can come back, I think he would be accepted. I don't think there's any way that he will come back because I, I don't think the, the club can trust him anymore. It, it, it has, that's what it boils down to. It could be, if he did, if let's just say he did come back, it could be a really divisive thing amongst yeah. supporters, fans, whatever. It would just be for a little while though, right? Until he either started he so, scoring yeah. or started Once sucking scores, one or the other, yeah. right? So enough about Camilo. Let's move on to some good news that the Whitecaps announced this week. Their new technical team. Gordon Forrest has been promoted from the under-18 residency head coach to assistant coach. Carroll also has another assistant coach to be announced, but that's there's been nothing said about that. Lots of speculation. Will it be an experienced guy? Will it be Danny Dicchio? Will Alan Rashad come back? I think that was just Zach that speculated on that. No, yeah. Alan Rashad will not be coming back. <laughs> but for that, I I think it's a, a great appointment, especially if we're looking at promoting a lot of the younger guys from the residency program. I mean, Steve, you've spent a lot of time with Gordon in the in the past year or so. What what was your thoughts on it? Well, he's already uh, one thing. He's already he did was started doing it last year when he was working with the young players at like. Uh, Bustos and Froze as they were playing into the first team and he was even working with uh, Hurtado a little bit, Mane, he was trying to talk to them and get them working on that. So he was already been doing that. 
So this is just a, a new, bigger step in doing it more full time. And, and he was working with the high performance guys yeah. like Fiske and Alderson and all, all the young top talent. And now we know obviously Craig Dalrymple is going to be taking over the residency, so he doesn't have to deal with that at all. He'll still be overseeing the residency, he's seen but the he won't be doing side it. Of it. So I don't know if it's more like a Stuart Neely kind of role. That yeah, I think he'll be doing. He'll kind of be like because a lot of these guys, if they sign him, if they sign Froze, if they sign Farmer. If they sign Carducci, if they sign or, anyone, the way it's going, yeah, if, if, whoever they sign, the those guys are still going to be on the U, playing for the U18s this year and the PDL. Yes, and so they'll. Which be, will be interesting actually to see if Gordon possibly takes charge of the PDL team as well. It could be Craig Dalrymple now too. You never know. Right. So I, I wouldn't. Mind I think it's. A, I think it's a fantastic uh, thing. I don't think he should be. Obviously, we talked about this off air at one point. We shouldn't be the first assistant and we know that somebody's coming in now so he's not going to be in the pressure of being the first assistant there'll be somebody with experience with that he'll be helping them and guiding the younger players so he'll have a definite role in in this participation so Stephen what what do you think of the appointment also keeping on uh, Marius Rovda yeah I'm a fan I think that uh, it you know when I look back to 2011 and all the that stellar players we had in the uh, U18 PDL setup then and I thought you know we could see a, a smooth transition from that squad into the first squad and I think this is a step in that direction the only thing I would say is on the opposite side of it is it's frustrating it's three years later because I think you know guys like Fisk could be could be productive players on the first team right now if they had transitioned sooner right and like talking of Fisk we'll, we'll mention some other news this week there was four white caps called into the, the mm. Canadian men's international team and Fisk was one of them getting his, his first senior cap which is fantastic Zach so happy for the lads you got yeah. that I saw on Instagram and Twitter there that a bunch of the old res guys were hanging out and yeah. catching up on their holidays before they have to go back to school or um, to their clubs and yeah We've produced a number of players here that we, we don't yet know how they're going to pan out professionally. Some of them we see them playing overseas and in lower levels, and things are have been positive, and so that's good to see. But yeah, we long to see them make the breakthrough here. Ultimately, if they're good enough, right? And so we hope that that happens. We hope we we hope that this is a season like that. I, no, yeah. Nothing but good good things to say for me from about Gordon Forrest. Really uh, personable, quality fellow. A really appreciative of supporters, uh, which is something I value, and, and a coach. And um, I, I'm looking forward to him being involved. I know his name is brought up. I, I really wish Stuart Neely hadn't departed. I think it's kind of one of those kind of unfortunate departures with all this vague relational kind of what happened there kind of things. But excited about him and Marius. Having Marius back, I think, is a good thing. I think that's good for... Makes our uh, flights a lot safer. For real. Yeah. Totally, and then I think that will make David Usted more comfortable, yeah. and uh, there'll be some stability there. Uh, kind of I think sad. it might be good for Simon Thomas as well, because I know that Marius is a big fan of Simon's, and we could still see him back. Well, well, well we could, back. well, we could see because it was rumored that Simon Thomas could be signed and then loaned out yeah. to another team, uh, like overseas or something, to get more time because. Uh, even Joe Cannon said that Simon Thomas needs to play about 20 to 22 games at least in the season and not sit around. Um, one thing we were talking about, bringing it back to Ben Fisk and everything, means uh, Steve was talking about this uh, before the podcast. We honestly, both of us, thought that he was probably first one of the first player. guys that should yeah. have been signed to a homegrown yeah. contract. I, I personally think he's more dynamic than Bryce Alderson. 
I think he's more dynamic yeah. than Clayton Clark. I don't think those guys shouldn't have been signed, but I think Ben Fisk was at that level, if not better. And he's, the thing a, with Fisk that I've always appreciated is that each year that he played, you saw the thing he needed to work on, and, and he you elevated saw him it. work on it, yeah, right? Totally. His passing, you know, in, as a 16-year-old, which most 16-year-olds who are stars, you know, but his passing was quite weak. And then as a 17-year-old, it was like, wow, look at that. Look at the the balls he's putting in. And the one thing is, is we talked to Stuart Neely at one of the residency games, and he was mentioning that the the uh, the West Coast players need to be more pricks when, yeah. they, when they play. And you saw that? Daniel, in that that's exactly what, remember that was and my, then, Daniel as a 16-year-old, yeah. I was always like, he's too nice. Yeah, man. and then Ben Fisk in that last season with residency, especially after Neely showed up and the rest of the year, he played like a prick, and he was hitting people yeah. in, the, in the back of their yeah. shins, yeah, in, in, the, in the back of the heels and stuff like that. He was doing a lot of that stuff. Are all are sorry about mentioning. Plus, plus, he comes with his own. Uh, he comes with his own chat. Yeah, ben, like ben Ten is amazing. Uh, we won't be able to see it because he'll never get ten. But but ben, the reason why he wasn't signed is he doesn't follow the formula, right? Sonny, right. you He's need not to be thirty-two thousand. No, no, no. You need, <laughs> remember, you need to be to get signed out of the Whitecaps residency. You need to be a two-time Canadian U seventeen yep. player oh, of the year, right, yeah. which means that's why we signed Russell Tiber. He won yeah. it twice. Yeah. That's Ol- why we signed Bryce Alderson. He won so it twice. So Marco's next. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Marco. You've won it twice. Here's your grande contract. Well, Marco's a nice addition as well. He'll, he'll probably get 16, 17 games in MLS next year. Marco, Marco the thing was in the reserve game, the reserve <laughs> game against the Sounders. What I liked there was the first half, he was, you know, he was borderline terrible, right? You know, he wasn't very Busto's good at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the second half he came out and clearly somebody just told him, just relax, play your game. And then it was like he was, he was dominating. Phenomenal. He was he actually was better so than Frozen. Good in that game. second yeah. half. That was incredible. He looked so tentative and nervous in the first half. And you just knew it was like, you just got to relax, man. Just play. And the second half, so it's like, wow. Yeah. So since we're talking about goalkeepers, Marco Carducci, Simon Thomas, still a huge gap in the Whitecaps. We only have one goalkeeper signed. And, of course, all the rumours are out there that they're going to pick up Andre Blake as the number three pick in the draft on Thursday. Getting drafted and I know it. I know that at this time of year, everyone pretends to be experts about the college game. None of us really are, so we'll just like waffle on a bit. But are there any players either that you have actually seen that you'd like us to sign? Or what positions would you like us to sign? Do you think we should take the best player available? Or should we be drafting to fill needs? Stephen? Uh, well, honestly, I didn't get to watch a lot of NCAA this year other than SFU and a couple of New Mexico games and a couple of the tournament games. So I can't really, uh, you know, in years past, I've always had a pretty solid opinion on what I thought we should do. But this year, I, I don't really. I really would like us to uh, trade for starters, though, if we can manage that. Well, I, I spoke to Carl about that on Thursday, and that was one of the questions I asked him. And he said they op- they're open to that. He says, you don't know what's going to happen until draft day. Someone might come along with the the right offer and they'll decide to do that. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of having two international spots and goalkeepers. No, to me that seems strange. And I thought it was crazy, like, drafting Blake. But then 
watching this highlight reel, he's a he's a good player. Very dynamic goalkeeper, a shot stopper essentially. He he parries a lot and yeah. punches a lot. He doesn't catch, and I think doing that in MLS, he would really get caught out. When you I, watch that highlight reel, there's so many ones that he's parrying it away. But it could be that they're just not showing that because uh, the catches are sometimes not as you know looking you know well, highlight yeah. reel like type, and maybe they're they show they're showing the dynamic save and not showing the easy catches or stuff some of the stuff he does. Um, one thing I like, I, I was, at first I wasn't huge on Blake. I, I was thinking, you know, don't waste a draft pick on a goalkeeper. But one thing that's turned me a little bit is the fact that he's Generation Adidas. He's not going to cost any money against the cap, so you don't have that to worry about. Obviously, Camilo's gone, so that opens up an international spot. And then you also have a lot of people talking about that, that followed the draft over the years, and they say he's one of the best goalkeeper prospects to come out in a long time, and he could very well end up in Europe. So that's something maybe, you know, as long as they don't shine into option contracts, they can eventually sell them off to Europe when Marco Carducci is ready to take over the mantle of the starting spot. This could be August. like a good, uh, <laughs> this could be a good like kind of uh, gap, a stop gap mm-hmm. in order for, because if the Usted, it, you know, you don't, still don't know about him if he's going to be, he showed some things, signs, but some signs weren't that great. Uh, this could be a stop gap in between Carducci and Blake. And, and Ustad. The one thing I'm happy about that came out of that, that news about the technical staff is that Jake DeClute is still sticking around for this draft because I think that would have been a real mistake to not have him. I really appreciate Jake and all that he's done in his time here and does a really in-depth job and has a great network to, to, to connect with people and figure out you know who these good good players are and stuff. He did draft Eric Hurtado. <clears throat> I think Eric Rotato. I think I'm just I, kidding. That was just a dig. Okay. No big deal. I love Jake. Um, <laughs> no, I, yeah. And so he has this great network, and so I'm glad he's sticking around until the end of February to, to help with, with this transition, help get these guys in. And I'm sad that he's going to be going because he's a, a quality guy. Yeah, very, really, cool. really great guy. Very honest guy when you talk totally. to him on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. totally. So I, I'm like I'm like most of you. Like I only know a little bit of what I read, and I, I am anxious about about it because you hear a lot of people saying. It's a center back defensive heavy draft or a holding midfield draft, and those are all things I don't think we need to be drafting. Even the goalkeeping again, too. I would, I personally, as as great as uh, Andre Blake sounds, I would way rather have Simon Thomas and Marco Carducci along with David Usman. But if you loan, if you sign Simon Thomas, loan him out, then you have that spot open. You might as well bring in another keeper in and sell him off maybe in a year or two. Yeah, and that that, one, that potentially might work out that way. But one thing about the draft is I've noticed there's not. There's not as much scoring. The like the this this the hits you get on scoring uh, players prospects, dynamic prospects. You don't hit that much on them. There's you get more of the the defensive player, the holding midfielder. Those guys succeed in the MLS. Uh, the people come out of the draft. So that's why I think they should draft uh, those type of players uh, just to fill out the depth. I don't think any anybody from the draft should be a starter. That's 100%. There should be not one starter. You should be able to fill out your starting positions through other... I think Col- Colorado might disagree with that. Yeah. Well, Colorado was in a different situation where they had uh, they didn't have the money to play the, uh, by bringing people... We don't have a game day 18 at the moment. It's like, I'd take anyone. You, you under, but remember that when they brought in the international players, those guys like... Uh, obviously, it was injuries involved too, but Dylan Powers didn't play as much going down the stretch. Deshaun Brown was moved from central striker to a wing position. So when they did have the money and the wherewithal to bring a player in, they actually did take those guys out. 
What about the right back Miller that everyone seems to have us taken? I keep hearing that he's not not able to start. So no, he wouldn't be a starter. He, no, he he he'd be a backup. He, I mean, and he'd be he a decent. He would be one of the better backups. He's yeah. he's a U.S. under twenty player. He can also in college and with the uh, the national team, he played uh, right midfield as well. So he has that attacking ability. And Some, there's no one in the residency. We don't seem to produce right backs yeah, in the residency. Yeah, no, the the best prospect they have right now is a right. U16 player, Joshua Cuthbert. The other yeah, than that, yeah. they don't really have anybody at all coming through. Essentially, this Miller kid, there have been reports that he doesn't have that much speed, but he's willing to run all day. Like he's got great. He's so he kind of sounds like in a way, and this scares me a little bit of a Jordan Harvey. Where he's not as you know he, he he's willing to give you the effort, but he doesn't have the uh, maybe the technical ability and stuff like that. I, I've more watched bun than sausage. More bun than sausage. <laughs> Wait, not hot dogs. <laughs> oh, got a job. Got yeah, a job. congratulations to, to Tommy. We look forward to all his yeah, yeah, there his you fun go. in, in and Oscar Switch. in uh, Dallas. Well, the thing with uh, Oscar in in Dallas is that's a bit scary because. His coaching with the actual skill they have there, yeah. they stop being divers and wankers. They've got a lot of skill, right? Yeah. No, they do. Skill. Uh, no, yeah, I, I think there's it's a good potential it's a good, there. Yeah. Going going back to the draft, I, I've seen actually I've seen my first three live uh, NCAA Division One games this year, and I was quite impressed by the quality from all the doubters that I told about how it was, it was poor quality in NCAA. But I I enjoyed the games that I've seen. Watched a lot online, certainly by no means an expert, but a player that I really want the Whitecaps to take, and I've banged on about this in forums, on the podcast before, probably wrote about it as well, Michael Calderon, Costa Rican midfielder, Mm. New Mexico Lobos, I would not be surprised if the Whitecaps don't pick him up in the second round if he's still available. He will, I, he will slip to the second round because he's yeah, international. Yeah, he, he's definitely going to go in the but second he does round. Have but first it's, round whether, it's whether he will be available when the Whitecaps get to make their choice. I know that they're interested in him. I've fed back my scouting report. I spoke to Paul Ritchie about it. I spoke to Gordon Forrest about it. Whether they listened to me, he was already on their radar, and I do believe that that they have shown some interest in him from the games that I've seen. He is almost MLS ready. He's very mature. He's got a lot of goals. He really made New Mexico tick. They got to the final four this year, and, and I I just think he'd be. And a the one thing is, addition. if they if they do bring him in, and obviously eventually, and I, I think they should sign Ben McKendry to a homegrown yeah. contract. There's gonna be good chemistry there. Exactly, the that's what I'm thinking as well. Another player that I saw live that I liked is a French striker with Santa Barbara, Achille Campion. Great, really mature guy again because he's French. I don't know what he stands domestically, but. He could be somebody in the later round, if he's still available, pick him up. I think he was in the top 50 in a number of different drafts. So that, we'll that's see. two internationals. Yeah, that's that's the problem. But I don't know what, where they stand domestic-wise. One guy, and he recently got signed. I wasn't sure if he was going to get signed, but AJ Cochran from oh, Wisconsin. He's a centre-back from there. And he is a guy that can is a good leaper. And, and defends the game, the ball well. I saw because the Big Ten networks on TV. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of Wisconsin games, and he's one of those guys that I like. I don't know if they're going to draft him because the center back position. If they do get rid of, decide to get rid of Andy O'Brien, or they don't sign Jay Demir, and that's one spot's open. I think they should probably look at him because he is he is very mature for his age and stuff like that. 
Peter Schmetz from Santa Barbara is a good centre back as well. I don't think he's, he's very injury prone, yeah. so I think he'll probably fit right in with our centre. The Costa Rican you're talking about, there's no way he could be worse than the last Costa Rican we had at the club. So. He was that? <laughs> <bizarre. laughs> John, John McDonald. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah, that was yeah. that was like a cup of tea there. One thing I do think they should do. My, my ideal way that they should work the draft is if they even if they do want to get Blake, I think they should trade down for whatever they can get allocation wise or. Maybe even get it. Maybe they, get a proper right no, back, or maybe to trade down and get pick up an international spot from somebody, so they f- can draft Andre Blake if they good if they, that's what their plans are. The one thing is, is everybody's got Andre Blake and Eric Miller in their mock drafts as the people that are going to be picked. Whenever that happens, that's it never it never follows yeah. suit. So that the, people are saying those are the two guys. I think they might go completely different and, and pick whoever they like. It's all a lot. It's just it's nonsense. All these mock drafts and stuff. No one really knows anything. And most of the guys that do stuff haven't even watched any of the games. So. The mock drafts are fun. It's just so ah, many people in there. It, it it's it's nonsense, <laughs> but it's fun to read. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. yeah. But it's all all about dreams and hopes and dreams. And I think everyone has dreams, and we all have. Dream jobs. So earlier this week I threw out on Twitter to ask people what their dream job in football would be. The thing that got me thinking about that is I've been doing some scouting reports for the Whitecaps. They don't know it, it's very unofficial, but I've, I've been doing it anyway and, and feeding back what I thought for the upcoming combine and draft. And by doing it, I kind of thought to myself, you know what, I'd really love to be a football scout. I think that would be my dream job in football. So before we get to what people on Twitter said, let's go around the table. Let's start with you, Steve. What, what would your ideal job in football be? Could be serious, could be humorous. I think it would be uh, being the towel boy for the Brazilian women's soccer team. Nice. Uh, I, I the did... ones that come when they bring, right when they come out of the shower, so you hand them the towel to them so they don't get yes, it wet in the yes, shower. Yeah. It's efficient. Efficiency, I'm, I'm thinking, like, looking at that. And right? that, that job exists? I'm not sure if it does, but I wouldn't mind applying for it if it does. And Camilo left Brazil yes. to play football when that job exists. Yes, and oh. we'll be able to find out exactly. I could and I could make it a kind of a, a research project too to find out exactly where the term Brazilian came from. And also, like what towel dries the most and what yeah. towel leaves like people wettest. Yes, I, and and, I, and I, I just want to mention that I am willing to accept jobs the same position at either the Swedish national women's team or even the French national women's team. Although it could be different uh, bush levels there. Not, not the Indian? No. Because oh. that's too bushy. I, I had thought, like, if I wasn't a scout, the other jobs I, I would like would be maybe Alex Morgan's kit man or her bicycle seat. Right? So let's move on to Stephen now. I'm sure he's got a, a more serious job in football that he yeah, like Yeah, I think I'll go easy and I'd just be the uh, CEO and president of the Caps. That's, that's an easy job. That's an easy job. Now... Zach, I mean, you, you've already got probably your dream position, leading Curva Collective, doing dressing room talks in Montreal. What more could exist in football for you? Uh, from a supporter's perspective, I, yeah, I love being a part of a movement where I get to do different things and sometimes lead with other people and that kind of stuff. So I, I love what love being a part of the movement I'm a part of. And I love my, my, date, my, my regular job where I'm a, I'm a pastor who works with students. So I got to be like my own nice version of Eric Winalda and start a, my own football club and 
not my own, our, our own football club and, and be a part of that and on all levels from managing to administrating to managing to playing to coaching and all that kind of stuff. And it's been going this, we're up to I think year 11. And so that's kind of fun. But if I was in professional football, yeah, I, I mean, other than obviously wanting to play, I think outside of playing, I'd love to be involved in managing, coaching, or yeah, like, like Steve said, kind of the administrative. Uh, administrative. CEO and what? president, man. <laughs> Sorry, I love to be in one of those leadership roles where you're, you're giving vision and, and helping live it out. So if anyone is listening to this and they, they think they want to offer one of us a job, especially the Alex Morgan one with me or, or the Tower one for Steve, then, then get in touch. So here's what some of the guys said on Twitter. Peter T at The Barca Show, he wants Seth Blatter's job as president of FIFA. He feels there's lots of changes needed and some honesty at the top would be nice too. From the Black Hole podcast that we like to listen to, they said, and they're at FR, the Black Hole, team owner. Of course, this would mean that they would also have bags of money, which would be a side benefit. At Stuck on the Sofa, Shoe Thief, I always call him Shoe Thief, I don't know why. He wants to be a Euroscout, travel all over Europe to watch soccer games and drink beer. Colin Tyner, at CH Tyner, he wants to be the kit man, because how often do they ever get released from their clubs? And that's true, they're usually... That's kind of like job security there. Jorge Mendoza at JM3NDOZA. He wants to be an analyst. Watch soccer games for a living? Yes, please. Dave at Marchander underscore. He wants to prepare Camilo's meals in Mexico. You know, put boogers and things in it. Uh, our good friend Swampo, Andy M, he, he gave us four suggestions. His fourth best job in footy is DeAndre Yedlin's barber. Although on reflection, he says it's probably the same guys on those drugs designing the third kits. His third best job in football would be the Whitecaps travel agent, just because there's so much money involved with travelling around the country. Second best job, the bloke who has to take all those drugs to design the Sounders and Liverpool third kits. And his best job in football would be the bloke who looks after Toledo's guide dog while the game is on. Uh, Drayton Allen Vanese at Drayton Vanese on Twitter. He wants to be Camilo Sanveso's agent, which a few other people did as well. Stefan Eriksson. Um, I don't know if it's because they want to keep him in Vancouver or they just know that he's going to move around every couple of years and they're going to get a huge signing-on bonus. Benjamin Massey wants to be the co-owner of Victoria Highlanders, which is good for him because he already is. And he says that there's good season tickets still available. <laughs> no comment though on the rumour that they're actually moving to Kelowna. Uh, Andy M gave us another one. He wants to be the guy who makes up the MLS rules. Because nobody really knows if he's doing a crap job or not, because nobody actually knows what they are. I actually thought it was just a bunch of monkeys with typewriters that made those up, but apparently it is a job. Clausura's headband, he says he really lucked out because he got to be Greg Clausura's headband, so he has his dream job. James Gross wants to be the team logo and kit designer, because he is a kit designer, he's a designer, so that would be fun, and I'm sure he could do a better job than some. And the final one is from AFTN writer Jay Duke. He wants to be the massage therapist for the Mexican women's team. I might have to fight him for that. So, thanks to everyone for taking part. We'll have another one of these segments next time. So that's it for another episode. Thanks for listening. We'll just quickly go around the table and say bye and tell everyone where you can find us online. 
Stephen Lamont. That's Slamo on Twitter at S-S-S-L-A-M-O. My name is Steve Pander, and you can find me at, at WhitecapsBeat. My name is Zachary Adam Eisenheimer, and you can find me on Twitter at Zachary AM, and the movement is at Curva Collective. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada. You can send us an email at aftncanadahotmail.com and find all our stuff on Canadian Soccer News, aftn.ca, and also there'll be some white cap stuff on soccerly.com. Who knows what the next episode will bring, whether Camilla will still be here, whether there'll be another player moving on, maybe Darren Mattix, maybe Nigel Rio Coker. Whatever's going to happen, you know it's going to be a busy January, a busy February, and we're going to be here to bring it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, take care. And mon the caps. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Yeah.